Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. We got myself Pete here and got uh, got the boys. We got Chris and Senior Dixon with us. How's it going, fellas? Hi. How you doing? It is a celebration. We have new gaining grounds, strats, and schemes, and it has shaken things up, gentlemen. Yeah, it's yeah, it's shaken things up quite a bit. Yo, yeah, dude. And this is what you gotta love about Malifaux, man. They just they drop a new packet. Haven't updated any models, but man, just the new ways to win the game really can catapult some crews and models that you haven't seen in a while. Yo, I mean, the the thing that I I like the most is technically they're all different but they're also very similar to like old ones yep. so I, I enjoy it because it's not like i'm doing something incredibly weird you know yeah i think that's one thing we'll definitely talk about because some of them definitely either have like a tip of the cap or like some homage to an older one so we'll definitely get into that before we do make sure you check us out you can do that on twitter instagram the old youtubes uh, definitely check out there and keep subbing. We had somebody win a title box, and they decided to go with the Dreamer title box. Um, You're my boy, yeah, Blue! Once we, <laughs> once we get to 1,000 subs, we're going to give away another one. So keep sharing, keep subscribing. Uh, now that things have settled down, it should be pretty easy for us to start getting out um, regular videos again. So appreciate your patience there. And if you want to support us directly, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash ragequitwire where you can support us for as little as a dollar. I did want to start off before we get into the nuts and bolts of the strats and scheme changes. And then we have a lot of questions we got from different people in the community. So we'll talk about those as well. But I don't know if you guys took a look at the game variants that they released in that package. Yes. And if you did, I just, I'm kind of curious what you guys think about it. Do you think people are going to try these? I hope so, because they're actually very good for the game. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, like my favorite one, if I remember correctly, there was one that uh, was like single master. Uh, fuck, what was the name? I'm gonna go and look at it right now because I want to get it right. But it was like, oh my god, this is like the competitive one. Is it? Is it the one where you couldn't? Is it alternating leaders where you couldn't hire a master you did hired in a previous round? I, I'm gonna look it up because like I remember that I enjoyed it, but my my memory on the details is a little bit fussy. So I'm gonna go back sure. to like read it. Well, the bands one looks pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, I where... remember that part. I remember the band part. Yeah, yeah, and that that's the one where you can be like, okay, we're gonna reveal. All right, well, you can't after the reveal. Then there's a band step, I think, where you're like, okay, you can't bring any keyword from, let's say, Dreamer or whatever Dreamer's keyword Nightmare, is. Nightmare, but yeah, yeah, exactly. So that way, you can't get any weird out of keyword tech that somebody might try to bring up. I at see you. the. Uh... Yeah, uh, uh, what you call it? Uh, I see the names right now. It says standard, wild, allied, and 
I like the well, the ones that I have here that says like these are types of, but you can make your own anyway. Wild seems very interesting to me. I don't know about you guys. So you're going down to the game format. Correct. As, I mean, I saw the, var- the variants. No, no, no. I, it's both. Is I'm saying that like you can pick from the variants, but they even give you some formats. And out of the okay. formats, yeah. I like the wild one. So what do you like about the wild one? Because the wild one seems very clean. You just go, all right, wild, and then classic, you're going to put in not that man's hand. That's it. Literally. So you go, okay. I think all, all of these I would definitely do. The only one I don't want to do is classic, where you can do dead man's hand. Yeah, I don't want to play classic. Yeah, but I think the rest of them I could definitely have fun in. I mean, and honestly, we've done tournaments where they have some of these things that they chose to do already. And they were all just as fun as the other one. Yep. Yeah, so for everyone who's all like, no, 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 we want Dead Man Hands. No, it's, <laughs> those models were removed from the game for a reason. They broke the game in some way. They were pulled out. Yes, you no longer have your favorite model, but there was a reason. So you're... Well, I, I, also, I don't think that's... I think the bigger issue is that people just don't play into them very often. Mm, that's a big one. So That's a big one. I mean, all of a sudden somebody slaps down, you know, the puppets on you. Yeah. And and with Collodian, it's like, I don't even know what, the, and then you just get bitch slapped. Couldn't you so. just say, like, Ramos, you know, not, it remind me that my favorite master is dead? <laughs> I never played against Ramos, so I don't know how good he was. No, no, no. Collodi is really, like, I think Collodi is broken. I don't think Ramos is super <laughs> broken, but I definitely think he's good. Yeah, like Lilith, Nicodem, and uh, Ramos. I have no idea how, how busted any of them were. Lilith I didn't quite see often. I thought that she was weak when I looked at the card, but I never saw her in play, so I don't know. Yeah, I've looked at Colodes, and that card is straight-up gas, man. It's good. Yep. Absolutely. It's I would I would play it if it was legal. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, so gross. Yeah, so I, I hope that encourages people to at least give those a look. Uh, they're definitely interesting. And I know it definitely shakes up and brings some freshness into an event when you do something different. Like um, we saw the one, Chris, that we played in Atlanta where you couldn't select a master if you already selected it in the previous rounds. That was a fun. That was definitely fun. That made some really interesting games. Isn't that uh, what alternating leaders is? Yeah. During counters, players may not hire a master or henchman that was already hired in a previous round. Yeah, yeah. That's the reason why I was like, I really like that game format because it's already very clean. It's already like very straightforward. And it, it well, I liked it because it also tests like how deep you know the faction. Yep. So like you're playing in a tournament and it's like, okay, you've already played Hoffman too. So I know I'm not going to see him again. Yep. So now I can, moving forward, I know I don't have to worry about that. So. Yep. And there's a limited that I saw that I, out of the variants that I also liked. Which wasn't in the wild, but you know, it seemed like an interesting addition. Also, yeah, I don't know if you got to see it, but like, it, it makes it so that you only have a certain amount of slots that you can actually have in your crews. And mm-hmm. versatile models count as one, and uh, versatile models that cost nine or less count as one slot, and versatile that cost ten or more count as two slots. So all emissaries and riders are all two slots. And then non-versatile models count as two. So you can basically only have a rider and an out-of-keyword model, and that's it. Yeah, I actually like that a lot. That reminds me a lot of in different 
uh, games, you would have something like a composition chart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what it does is it basically limits you, but it also, in other formats, it would punish you if you brought too much of one thing. Exactly. So this format's cool because basically it limits people from really just kind of doing the, best of the best. maybe the one busted. Yeah, it, it makes you spread it out and kind of give love to different parts of your your faction and group. Yeah, it makes you yes. stay in keyword. Yeah, right. <laughs> that is so good. Sorry, I'm just excited for that. Like, I've yeah, this is good. Been trying to focus on like getting better at like the new uh, strategies. Also playing a lot mm -hmm. of uh, Hamlin. Just trying to get into the swing of things. And yeah, no, it's just it's a really cool feeling. It's like oh, it's like a new game. Hey, you've been playing yeah. Hamlin too much, man. You got to stop. <laughs> you got to stop. I know, I know. He doesn't have to, and he won't. No, he will. I'm definitely stopping. <laughs> definitely st so the more important thing, though, is we have four brand new strategies. They didn't keep any of the old ones uh, like they did the previous season. So that was kind of cool to see. So we have I'll give a quick description of them and then we'll just kind of start bullshitting about the strats. So the first one is cursed objects, which this one's kind of interesting because it's kind of Achilles pool or sorry, Achilles strat where. Everybody starts basically with a cursed marker on them, and then if they die, you can remove it and remove one to get one VP essentially. Mm. Uh, carve the path is kind of this weird like pushing the cart one, where basically you can uh, interact with it and push the cart. I think it's what six if it's a friendly or four if it's an enemy uh, marker. Sir, that's the good old wagon. Yeah, and I think <laughs> that one's a lot of fun, so we'll definitely talk about that one. We have guard the stash, which is basically like zone control. Basically, you have to control markers that are not on your side completely. So this kind of has a really cool fight in the middle, or you have to go get your in the ones in your opponent's zone. So there's a couple different modes you can do there. And then finally, covert operation is kind of one where you choose a few models in secret each turn. And basically, you have to have one model that I think is unengaged and within two of the marker that you can claim to score your VP. Yeah, it's basically so a it's lodestone with a couple of couple Yeah, it's models. kind of a weird hidden, um, it's almost like a hidden corrupted ley lines type deal. So you can do a little bluffing there and a little strategy there as far as it goes. And Dixon, I think I Chris and I both have played all of these. Have you got a chance to play all of them? I have played all but Guard the Stash. That's the only one that I haven't played yet. So, Dixon, what, what's kind of your initial thoughts playing and looking at these new strats? So, Carve the Path, I'm nostalgic. I love it. it I just got to go back to, like, the, the practice. Because uh, it used to be only one wagon. Now it's, you know, technically two. Uh, yeah. I love Covert Ops, but that's because I've been playing a lot of Hamlin. And Hamlin <laughs> 1 is actually incredibly good at Covert Ops. And I'm excited about that. Good deal. Yeah, and so, well, technically, also, he's really good at, uh, whatchamacallit, curse objects as well. So I shouldn't be feeling bad about it. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm excited to see how I can maximize more points on these. I was getting a little bit down on the other ones because I, you know, been playing yeah. them for over a year and a half. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah, Hamlin, Hamlin with those cursed objects is pretty good because you bring Hamlin. in rats and then turn those rats into significant, significant models. Model that is but... not cursed. Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have the curse token, so. Oh, that's so good. Because you can literally, you can pay one more soul stone to get just four rats and then turn the four rats into a rat king. 
hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chris, what about you? What's some of your thoughts uh, initially when you played and looked at these strats? Yeah, so jumping back into Rezzers and having to relearn a lot of the faction and then having all the strategies change on you, it's, it's actually pretty uh, refreshing because I can, instead of having to, you know, figure out how to change a master and fit it into a different. Now I just learn a master into these new strategies. I like them all. They're all really diverse. They have a lot of complexity and they're also, you know, kind of straightforward. So you can, you can play them either way. Yeah. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but with GG2, I felt like, especially ley lines and turf war kind of felt the same, mm. you know, yeah. because you just had the five, objectives and you were kind of fighting for those it was just kind yeah, of a different all, way of all fighting. these are different they're all different yeah very different feels yeah and it, i think that's actually way better for the game though because different models are going to fit better in these different roles so for example with carve the path this really is going to i think make models that are fast that have leap that can interact maybe multiple times yeah. that's going to make those models really strong and carve the path. So even though like Necropunks got nerfed not too long ago, about a year or whatever ago, yep. they're actually like, they'll probably make a comeback into carve the path because they just, you know, interact, leap, interact again. And there you are. The, the, how can I say this? All those extra models that you would normally not get because they don't actually pack a punch. You would grab them because they're like four to six points and they do the job. Um, like, Literally, when you said it, uh, when you said any model that can do outside of normal actions interacts, that's it. That's like fucking Zip 2, dude. Zip yep. 2 now has even an additional bonus. Uh, what's their face? Uh, Moth Witch. Uh, so Rider 2? Also, yep. the same thing. Because it's, it's just like, outside of activation, I interact, move the object. You're like, ah, oh, crap. Because then you have to yeah, start thinking about two, like, yeah. It's going to be nasty. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's going to be nasty with like any of the masters that can do outside of activations in tracks because there's a lot of those that before they didn't have a home, and now they definitely have a home. What other masters have outside of activation interacts? Does Nelly have that? The, as far as I know, there's uh, there's a few. I don't remember if Nelly, but I know from Neverborn, I can tell you. Uh, Sorida, um, what's his face? The little kid, uh, both versions of the little kid. Dreamer, thank you. Jesus. <laughs> and lucius so you got lucius you got sarida both versions and you got the look at both versions and actually both versions of lucius as well so you have six masters technically in neverborn alone that have outside of activation uh interactions seems pretty good yeah, yeah. i think models also for like covert operation your two inch reach models are in some crazy cases where you have, I don't know, your Neverborn nonsense Dixon that has like huge, you know, I'm engaging you mm -hmm. if you're in the piece of terrain model. Yes. So in covert operation, if you can lock down in one of those areas with a two inch threat or more yep. with your melee, you can just stop people from scoring. Yep. There's a bunch of, of two. Now that you say that, yeah, we got we got matures, we got Garyons and we got uh, bad juju and there's one more. You also have uh, Jedsa's new enforcer, whatever that's called. Um, the, the piece of dirt. The Kurgan? The Kurgan. Yeah, the Kurgan. Kurgan. Yeah, but the Kurgan doesn't have... He has a one-inch melee uh, outside yeah. of his activation, unfortunately. 
it's only in his activation that he can attack yeah, okay. through yeah, yeah. the pieces of terrain. What about the emissary? Does the emissary do that throughout the turn? No, same thing. Both uh, the emissary, okay. the uh, the wall guys, and the Kurgan, all three of them have the same limitation, yeah, which is that'd be good. a little little broken. Yeah, oh, right. be a little broken. Yeah, that would be super broken if they could just go like, "Hey guys, I have melee that'd be three. All, that'd be awesome. I have melee forest. Thank you very much." Yeah, but two inch reach definitely for sure is just. I think really good in covert operations. So in that one, I'm like, cool. Yeah, I could bring like Zip and Maris, and you know they could just lock down a couple areas. Hundred percent. Actually, uh, there's a lot of abilities that cancel out interacts that you should be looking into because there's there's quite a few uh, or or attacks, quote unquote. For example, Zip one. You know he has a boring conversation. Yeah. Look into that. If you're playing Hamlin, you have the dog that if somebody has a a blight you can just remove the blight and say no so they can't interact yep. and what's the other one there's one that stops outside of interact actions in guild actually there's like three in guild that stop outside of activation interactions right you have the emissary you have the riot breaker is there one more i think there is you know what i'm talking about the aoe that says yeah. no actions yeah, outside of your, yeah. so that i'm not sure what other models have it but i know the one yeah you said so do. we we're gonna start looking people are gonna start looking into that. We're gonna the next broken combo, quote unquote. I think it's gonna be something like that. I think it's gonna be a, some type of Yan Lo shenanigan, dude. And Chris, how fun was guard the stash with Seamus just kind of moving everything <laughs> around and Zip moving everything around? That was a wild game. Yeah, Jesus. it was interesting. I it was fun. Zip's just I, I still have my my issue with Zip. I mean, they, he's triggered. They, Zip's such a good good model. I mean, and it's not like he's so he is a little bit broken and i know people hate to hear the the word broken but they took away interact from him but his totem has i mean his totem is what a two point model four point yes. model and he's my just, boy he can go anywhere on the map turn one you could literally put him into you know your opponent's deployment zone so it's like they they were like, oh, Zip's a little too good. We got to take away Interact, but give you this godlike ability. I mean, yeah, the weakness total. there, though, is Earl is super easy to kill yes. with your hands on him. I mean, if you have sure. if you yeah. have problems killing Earl, you have bigger problems than... You suck. Yeah, you have <laughs> well, bigger problems so than just, you know, Earl scoring on you. You guys can say that, but you have to move a model or two completely out of position to the other side of the board to kill him. Because okay. he's, yeah, I know what you're he's saying. hitching a ride with a mosquito. The, so. the weakness with Earl is uh, is guns. So usually when he dies, it's either somebody gets this crazy alpha off or um, somebody just gets a focus shot on him and then he just dies. Or blast. I've lost him to blast too. So do you give up points with Earl or do you give up points by moving half? You know, I, I think you, I think you do of, kill Earl just because it, he's going to score two to four points on you yes. if you don't kill him. Yeah, Earl exactly. is that target priority number one and you have to chase him. But once you get to him, he dies to a stiff breeze, which yeah. is why I consider it to be balanced because it's just it's send a fast model yeah. after him. It's interesting for both players. It's annoying kind of for the player that has to chase Earl. <laughs> But it is very cool. For that's the guy that's, that's kind it. of the mini game, Dixon. Exactly. It's like how how terrible can I make it for you to go get Earl? Yeah, that's literally my favorite thing about playing. When I was playing Zip, my favorite thing about him is like how annoying can I possibly be? <laughs> so annoying. That's so annoying. But no, we played so Dixon. We played Guard the Stash, and it was kind of cool because I was playing Zip two, and Chris was playing Seamus two. So 
Chris kind of occupied the middle and I I did a little bit, but I spent actually most of my actions getting like the first mate and the skeeter up the board edge and I controlled one of the ones on his back end. Whereas Chris kind of started controlling the middle and he was like, oh, I'm luring people in and I'm doing fighting and, you know, I was getting hit with a bouquet of flowers. So it was just, it was a fun game. And just the, it reminded me a lot of a, a lot of those maps that you see on like Heroes of the Storm where you got to control zones and you kind of fight it out and you're bashing it out and you're pushing models and you're pulling models. And it's a cool scenario just to fight over these areas. And I'm, I think that's one of the ones I'm most excited about. That is a really really cool idea now that i think about it i like it a lot yeah. i'm excited because seamus uh seamus has some playability now oh yeah Hell yeah yeah. I, yeah I was actually like the more you play him the more i'm like man this is really cool interactions that you can have yep. with them um i think he brings to life uh some of the cool changes that madam sybil got mm -hmm. uh she doesn't seem to work so great in seamus uh seamus one, one but yeah. seamus two man it's it's pretty good She's i like it definitely an all-star it's just you kind of She's still a, a massive point dump for what she yes. is and what she and, does. And super but you can su but but you can summon stuff now, so that's okay. But yeah, you can summon three models, but yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. One per turn, so it's not till turn three where you get your three rotten bells that you want. Yeah, right. But no, I, I, I don't get me wrong. I like Madam Sybil and Dixon. I think I brought Madam Sybil in what every game except for one maybe that we played. Yes. So that's what I was saying. I was gonna say like we played her. We you played her as a, as a tank. She was not very good at that. We played as a support, and she excelled. She like not only like played her points, but she like she increased Did the stuff. points. No, no, no. <laughs> she increased the points of things around her by a significant yeah, margin. But she's still not worth nine points. I mean, she's still not worth nine points. You don't think so? After all, she did. I was super excited about that. Like the negatives, the aura of prevention, the fact that your girls are better when they're around her. Like she was. If the negatives babe. don't come into play until you bring her out to the to the more front lines. Cause yeah, but, especially but like, against ranged crews. Yeah, but there's uh, curse objects and guard the stash are both really good for Seamus too because. Seamus is stealth, and the girls can hide behind objects. And if they kill a girl, you just summon her back up. Yeah. No, yeah. no, I mean, I, she's good. I just, she's not worth nine points. I, oof. All right, well, you're playing her, but she's really good. I mean, sometimes, and that's kind of one of the things you got to weigh when you're playing a crew. Mm. Sometimes you do pay a little extra for a model that makes your crew kind of cook off, but it's not like... Maybe it's not scoring you points, but it's still a good model that you want to include. So, I mean, I get it. I mean, I would, I would, I would actually agree if he means like out of keyword. Out of keyword, I would never pay ten points for yeah, Sybil. I wouldn't fair. even pay nine points for Sybil outside of keyword. But yeah, she's she's trash. And but in keyword, else, yeah. in keyword, she feels like an eleven point model that costs nine. That's uh... that's that was my feeling when I watched when I played against it. I was like, man, she is hard to kill from range. I have to get to her because if I don't, because you would hide her behind stuff. That's the important thing. And she still does her job even if, you know, she doesn't come forward. So that was annoying as hell. So one thing I want to do before we talk about, well, there's two things I want to talk about before we get to the schemes. So the first one is I'm curious to see which strategy is your favorite so far, whether it's reading it or playing it. Which strategy are you like a pretty big fan of? You just really enjoyed the way it played. Carve a path. Uh, covert operations. So, Chris, what do you like about Carve the Path? 
I enjoy the strategy of moving your markers and getting into position to counter moving, uh, you know, counter counter other the other markers being moved into your territory. I would say also that he loves it because it's the best one for Karai, and Karai is her bay. <laughs> you Karai love is Karai. My, Karai is my bay, and she <laughs> is phenomenal in Carve Path. Absolutely. And Dixon, did you say cursed objects? Am I no covert operations? No, he said covert operations. Covert, yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, we play. So why do you like covert? Well, Chris and I played. Uh, I think twice covert ops. Uh, no, we played it only once, and uh, I, I just love the fact that it's like it's ley lines, but it's in the center and it's spread out throughout the entire center, so you can't just be at one point in the center, and you can just like have a four point model be completely outside of the fight and just like in a turn cap it. And just little things like that, like models that you would never bring. Like I brought Wings Plague and was excited and happy that I would I brought a Wing Plague. If you don't nice. remember what that is, that makes sense because that model sucks. But it- yeah, the model <laughs> does suck in most most cases. Yeah, he's just a just there to kind of annoy, get in the enemy territory, mess with activations, stuff like that. Yep. Okay. Yep. I think my favorite. It's hard not to like cursed objects because I like killing stuff, but I actually think mine's probably guard the stash just because I like the idea of just who has the most significant models in this area. And not that's not only the most interesting part about it. I think also the fact that you have to keep a model in that zone to control it. So it reminds me, like I said, of playing like Heroes of the Storm where you would leave one one person of your team back on one of the ones that you control. And then you try to move up and claim, you know, another one. So you're kind of fighting with the other one. And sometimes you're down a model. So you got to try and, you know, maybe burst a model down or try to get them out of the area. So that way you can score the points. So I definitely like guard the stash. That one to me is very interesting. Yeah, it's definitely detrimental to like elite crews, small elite crews, because you're not scoring anything. Yeah, it's hard to fight and control these random areas. So it is kind of a balance where you want durable models, but you also want the flexibility to um, kind of send stuff out where you need them. Well, cool. And then the last thing I want to ask you about strategies is what is the strategy from gaining grounds that you're most excited is gone? Symbols. <laughs> symbols, yeah, symbols. Man, why do you guys hate symbols so much? Because you have to go all the way to your opponent's deployment zone to get any points, and it makes it so that only a, a very handful of models become available to your faction. A handful of crews dominate yeah. the arena. So if it's symbols and you don't have the right faction, then you're just effed. And that yeah. was one of the things I always hated about tournaments is because they always, for some reason, put symbols as the last round three. You're like, well, that's the most complicated strat, and you're doing it last when you're brain dead. Yeah, I I wouldn't say it's the most complicated. I think it's actually the most limiting, because like you both said, you kind of know which one or two masters you're going to see in each faction for that strategy. Yep, 100%. And most of, most of the times, if I had it available, I'm like, yeah, that's just Zip. I could do something else maybe, but Zip's just super good at it. Same thing with Terra. Yep. Um, a lot of masters like that. I mean, in in Neverborn and in Bayou and in Outcast, all three hinge on one model, the first mate. That's how stupid yeah. it is. Like, don't get me wrong. You could you in Outcast you have more options because you have the Vickies and you have Terra. But in my opinion, the best one was the king of, of symbols was Zip because 
speed nine, dude. Like speed nine is insane. I know he's speed eight base, but I always brought the emissary, making everybody faster. <laughs> Cause, sure. Because if you're gonna go fast, go fast. <laughs> I like speed. I like. Speed. Yeah, I think the one that I'm actually happiest to see go is turf war. Okay. Um, we've seen turf war t- in two seasons. Yeah. And it's kind of, I think it, people are just tired of it. I just, it's not, it's not one I, I didn't hate playing it, but I was tired of playing it, if that makes sense. It does. It makes sense. Cause like, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the shit out of it, but it got to a point that even I didn't like having to fight and kill things. Cause it was just like, all right, rush, bum rush the opponent, be on his Here deployment. Yeah. Be on his deployment area. And cause uh, if you die, you don't want to die on your side of the table. Yep. And it just like it, it was a game of who's gonna cross the midline first and not die. Yep. <laughs> Do we know if Gen Con is using GG three? I'm sure it is. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, it's always been that way. I mean, it's just I like two, two, two weeks, three weeks. Or... Mm-hmm. I guess it was. Yeah, most of those cons, if it's not the week of, a lot of times they will switch. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun for those uh, Gen Con players. Definitely, definitely. Well, cool. I'm. I. I think honestly. And this is just kind of reactionary, call it what you will, mm-hmm. prisoner of the moment. This is probably the, out of all the seasons I've been playing, which now has been four, mm. right? Because we had GG0 through now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think this is the set of strategies that I think I like all four of them. Nice. And I don't think I had that in other seasons. That's good. That's good. I don't feel that way, unfortunately. I wish I did. I didn't think you you were going to feel that way, so that's awesome. Well, I just think that they play differently, and I think each one's going to open up different crews and titles that maybe we haven't seen in a while. Um, I'm not saying they're perfect, because I can definitely see, um, especially Guard the Stash, and I can see Covert Operations being, like, hard to score all four points. Mm. Yeah. even cursed objects, if you have a tanky versus tanky crew, that one could be difficult sometimes too. But cursed objects and those crews that interact out of activation are going to be able to, out of activation, yeah, toss, toss the tokens off themselves. So it's going to be tough to score. Yeah. Yeah. And it does have a lot of cool back and forth, which is why I like it. Because you can be like, uh-huh, like if, if you have a model that came, that you hired, but you got rid of your cursed object... I could then activate maybe my master, throw an object on you, and then kill you and get the point. So there's some cool interactions there to deny and slash, you know, still still score your points. So I, I do like them. I don't think they're perfect, but I think they mix up the game and they're going to be fun to play. Hmm. Dixon doesn't sound convinced. Well, I'm thinking about it. I'm not, yeah, I'm not convinced, but not in like a negative way. The other side of the coin there, Dixon, is which one of these are you a little more hesitant to be like, well, I don't know how this one's going to play out. The Because uh, you, li- you sound a little hesitant on some of these. Yeah, well, it's only carved the path. Nostalgia got me, but I'm worried that as, after nostalgia, you know, goes away, I'm going to hate it because I do know that in years past, uh, you know, pushing the wagon, became like a, a a chore after everybody figured it out <laughs> it's like oh like yeah. i gotta have this stupid three-point model moving the wagon and then not die <laughs> so, yeah. i think since there's two of them there might be a little less of that i think it's gonna be more of that i think uh crews that can actually um summon models as uh blockers are gonna exceed excel 
I mean, I got to see some of it when I was playing against Chris because when he played uh, Kirai 2 in that mission, the moment that he actually ran through three of my models and I happened to have, you know, no cards in hand or low cards in hand, he got three models. And then for the rest of the game, I spent, you know, enough actions trying to get him out of on top of my models. That's it. But uh, Carve a Path, you could take the interact action even if engaged. Yes. Wait. No, I think you're thinking curse objects, or am I wrong? No, it no. says if you're within one inch of the strategy marker, marker may take the interact action even if engaged to push the marker forward in any direction or up to six if it's friendly. Huh. Yeah. Okay, I missed that then when we played. I so that, that's probably why they did that, I'm guessing. Yeah, that so that yeah, you wouldn't end up being an, a giant cluster. And uh, if I'm reading the rule correctly, it doesn't yes. stop when it comes in base contact with a model. It, yeah, it just, it just says non-marker impassable terrain. Yeah, it's just terrain. I mean, I like that a lot more. Now I have to, like, <laughs> I have to think about it more. Because, like I said, well, I liked it because it's still, you know, push the wagon thing. But I was worried because I remember it. I remember vividly yeah. when people figured it out, people were pissed. Dixon's getting flashbacks. Oh, yeah. Nom flashbacks, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was there, Gandalf. I was there. <laughs> Yeah, it's curious how they uh, how they now that I'm I'm reading it uh, mm -hmm. and putting a lot of focus into it. It's curious how they phrase that. If a strategy marker comes in base contact with a non-marker impassable terrain, it stops oh. in base contact with the terrain. But the whole rule content when it comes to terrain is all terrain is supposed to be easily identified and be on a marker. Doesn't it say that in the rules? Interesting. The wording is slightly different because you you have specific rules for specific, for specific type of markers, so I will have to like read it. Uh, I'm not gonna. Hmm. We'll we'll think about it. I'll have a better answer for you. Maybe concealing like an or concealing aura or something like that. Maybe the verbiage of that. Uh, maybe maybe and and i'm sure there's people that are gonna you know brainstorm this and come up with ideas or ways that it works and doesn't work um and actually in a lot of these the deployment zone whether it's like wedge versus standard can really change how these games play out too yep 100 so that's gonna that's gonna be fun to see as well 100 holy shit all right well let's get into the scheme so Let's see here. They did keep some of them, so we still see things like Breakthrough. We still see Vendetta. Yeah, Hidden Martyrs Jess. changed the verbiage. <laughs> did it? That's <laughs> true. How did Hidden Martyrs change? Now you can't be replaced. There you go. Man, I remember that. That happened when I was like playing against Chris. I started looking at the... Yeah, the Dixon got all whiny. And I was like, <laughs> no, this is going to suck when I play uh, uh, Titania. What the fuck? Because <laughs> yeah, he always he said he always did the gore, and now yeah. it's it Can't specifically says if hasn't been replaced. So, are you guys happy with the ones they kept? So it looks like I'm gonna go through them real quick. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they kept spread them out. They kept catch and release, assassinate, hidden martyrs, vendetta, and breakthrough. So, you guys happy with the ones they kept? Oh yeah, yeah. And they brought okay. back Leave Your Mark and Sabot Sabotage. Sabotage, yeah. Yep, Sabotage was an old one. So some people hate Leave Your Mark coming back. Um, I don't know which one, which camp you guys prescribe to. I think it's a little less... I, th I think it's better than Claim Jump. I think I don't mind it as much as Claim Jump. Um, but I love Sabotage. Sabotage is always a fun one. Well, 
So the whole bringing back Leave Your Mark is perfectly fine for me because they've given most every faction uh, ranged uh, mark removal. Yeah, there's some counterplay yeah. to it for sure. So you can definitely... Plus, you can, you can always drop your scheme down next to the middle. So because to score the first point, I think you can't have an enemy one there as well. Exactly. I'm curious now. Holy crap. Yeah, it says and the opposing player does not have one. But... Oh, shit. Yeah. Just within one inch. Yep, one inch of the center. So basically, point. they don't have to. It doesn't matter how close they are to each other. If the other one is in within one inch of the center, you have to. Yeah, if it. if your opponent has one there as well, then nobody scores. Leave your mark. Exactly. So, that's crazy. Yeah, so it's leave your mark is okay. Um, it just it, it's pretty readable. I mean, and then once they score the first point, if you have the ability to, you can deny the second point relatively easy, depending on what crew you have. So. Yeah. Leave your marks kind of interesting. Usually you get one point off of it. If you get the second point, you're probably winning the game anyways, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, if you get the right. second point, it's because you're getting all eight of your points. <laughs> yeah, it's because you, you cleared them out of the middle and you're just running, you know, rickshaw all, all over the place. Let's see here. So, they yeah, they brought Sabotage back. They brought Leave Your Mark back. Uh, let's see here. So the new ones, and these are kind of some of the interesting ones that I'm curious to see what you guys think. Mm-hmm. But they have In Your Face, Load Them Up, Secret meetup, public demonstration, and set a trap. So, yeah, out of these new ones, which ones do you think you like? Oh, I know I like uh, set a trap. That's my favorite one of the new ones. Why do you like set your trap so much? I don't know. It just seems. I know this is gonna sound bad, but like it seems so easy for me because it's of the way. Too. Yeah, because of the way that I play. I usually play in such a way that the opponent. Uh, gathers onto my models and some of my masters that i play also like to drop scheme markers from my friendly models like titania too she loves like oh i target through the eyes of my champions that model that model is now healed and i drop a scheme marker because reasons also get focus (laughs) and it just scores points randomly and uh in the games that i played against chris or against you know people in the in the vassal server yeah set the trap just became like my scheme to go to yep i don't i don't know i it depends on what master i'm playing so i really like in your face uh <laughs> for shame i think i think if you pick that one chris and you score it you just have to yell at your opponent in your face, in your face! Yeah. <laughs> i scored against him in playing Seamus, so i don't know if he's gonna do that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like in your face for if I pick. So I'm playing. I'm back playing Outcast again, and I'll talk about that once we get to it. But nice. um, I if I'm playing Von Schill two, I think in your face is awesome because I can just go kill something just with Von Schill. Hell yeah! Just be like Von Schill's gonna eat you. Nummy nummy nummy. Yo, hey Von Schill, he's so so good. <laughs> he's my boy. Von Schill just has a lot of answers. He's not that broken. But. The one that I'm most excited about is Secret Meetup because I have grand visions in my head of Maris getting her hands on somebody and taking them to a piece of terrain to make out. Yeah, I can see that. She's going to be in her short shorts and she's going to kidnap somebody to kiss them and make out hard. <laughs> I guess that's, that's something. That is like my brain hurts right now. I don't. I, that's I, one I, ugly gremlin kidnapping you to. It reminds me of. Uh, of the movie, what was it? I think it was the second Gremlins where it had like the ugly it girl was, Gremlin yeah, that was. 
yeah. kept trying to attack this dude. Yeah, um, Attacking is a strong word. She was trying to make love to him. And then she succeeded, <laughs> sweet, and he sweet. liked it. And he loved it, yeah. Yeah, I watched the movie literally. Literally, I watched the movie like two weeks ago. You know what they say about gremlins, right? Once you go green... <laughs> You're gonna, it's gonna get mean. I don't know. <laughs> so that's what I'm excited about, just because I, I mean, not just Maris, but I think there's a lot of models that if the board has like a prominent piece of terrain, I'm not talking about like some little piece of terrain. I'm talking about something that's you know maybe four to six inch piece of terrain, right. and it's kind of centered. You can be like, cool. I'm gonna take this model, and sometime during the game, I'm gonna hook up with that model right here. Yep. Yep, yep. It's one of the like it's the same thing as me with uh, set the trap. It's just kind yeah. of you know works with the way that you play anyway. Because literally the way the reason why set the trap works is usually people have to send like master henchmen, you know, beat them up kind of people, and just move forward to try to like get rid of whatever I'm throwing at them. Yeah, and I think you also have to look at not just the reveal but the end of the turn, right? Um, because, and actually I was going to talk about that within your face. Mm. So end of the turn with secret meetup is pretty easy just because like, oh, you just have to have two ski markers and base contact with the terrain piece. Right. But then you look at the second point for in your face and at end of the game, if the highest cost non-master model you hired, this game is in the opposing player's deployment zone, mm -hmm. gain one VP. It's like how many expensive slow models will cause you not to get that point? Hmm. Or how many expensive Bet Noir models will let you get that point? Is Bet Noir the most expensive model in your Seamus crew? No, Madam Sybil is. But uh, I mean, obviously, yeah, so if I were to take that, then I would choose you know not to bring Bet yeah. or uh, Madam Sybil. <laughs> but see, that's what I'm saying. That's the interesting part of making your list off of these new schemes, because you have to think about that. You're like, oh, I got to get Madam Sybil's fat ass up there, man. How's that going to happen? <laughs> Um, man, she. I mean, you have to stuff her into that dress. I don't even she's know. She's not she bad, walks. man. With a with sloth in the crew, throw fast on her. <laughs> yep. Sure, I guess. Get her out there. Yeah, it's actually a good oh, point. Man. Like, sloth makes it even significantly easier to do any of that. Any any of them, absolutely. Yeah. With with a five to give fast to a lot of these models. I will say though, I don't like public demonstration. I don't like having to choose three or more models. And then I, yeah, I just, I don't like the verbiage of it. It's just, I, I, I just don't like it. It, it, I don't even like reading it. It kind of makes you think, huh? Kind of makes you go, huh? Yeah, it's not fun. I mean, you tried it once, Chris, I think. And it was, I don't even remember if you scored it. Uh, I don't think we finished that game. I think it was, I think it was the game where, um, Top of turn two, I was just like, I don't want to play this game. It was the Barbaros <laughs> game where you oh. brought Barbaros into the middle and of... killed your corpse curator and your research yeah, assistant. It was just, what's the point of finishing this game out? I'm at a severe disadvantage. If I had won that duel, I, it would have been manageable. Sure. But... Yeah, it's... Um, like I said, there's just a lot to it. Um, like I said, because the first point of it is at the end of the turn, if any of the two chosen models are within three and line of sight of an enemy master or henchman of a higher cost, and neither chosen model has been replaced with a model of higher cost, gain one VP. 
it's like there's just a lot of things where I just don't even want to mess with that one. <laughs> Words. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It's too it's too complicated. No, that's the same reason why I didn't take Let Them Bleed. Because there was kind of a lot going on with that one, and you had to bleed like expensive models down at the same rate. I'm just like, this is stupid. I literally never picked Let Them Bleed ever in GG2. Mm, interesting. Ever. <laughs> and honestly, public demonstration, probably never picking that one. That is so curious. Like, I am still thinking away because that, that came up in one of my games, and I did pick it. It seems like it wouldn't be too hard to do but the fact that you said something makes me believe it's like i'm gonna have problems with this because you and i have Dixon, a very similar play style well we do but when i see a kill i take it usually right. so i don't i have a problem bleeding him down and then not finishing him off just because i i know there's healing in the game i know models run off and sometimes it's an important piece so it just needs to die right so to me, I just don't think the VPs for that one usually benefits how the game flows. Right, right, right. That, I, that's the reason why I was like, as soon as I, you start talking about it, I'm like, maybe I should take a look at this again because you're saying... Yeah, that's kind of how I feel with public demonstration because it's at the beginning of the game, you have to secretly choose three or more models of cost seven or less in your crew with a combined cost of 18 or less. So you they have to be... The model has to be less than seven, but they can combine to be 18 or less. So I'm just like, it. I, I think that, I don't know if there's a lot of people I feel like that are like me, where you kind of get into a game and all of a sudden you remember like either late turn one or, or mid turn two, you're like, oh yeah, I have to score. <laughs> and then now it's like, oh, I took public demonstration. Oh crap, I'm in no position to score. Or, oh, two of those models have already died. Yep, 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 100%. 100%. And you screw yourself over, absolutely. So unless you're bringing like a, like a maw tuck it, well, no, see, because even if you have like a six soulstone model that's, and each of them are six, that's still only three models, so... I don't know. I, I, I never like took that. Let Them Bleed. I was, I'm right there on the same page with you. But literally every other scheme, I could see myself bringing in a lot of in a lot of different scenarios. That's the only one I just hate. I don't know if you guys have one that you're really not liking, but that's the only one I can't really stand. Hmm. I actually haven't even thought about one that I hate. Um, if I had to pick... Or just don't like. Hate's a strong word. Yeah. I'm a hateful no, person. No, no, no. You know? I, I get it. But if I had to pick one, I'm going to go with either Secret Meetup or uh, Catch and Release. Because they kind of seem similar to me. So you weren't happy that they kept Catch and Release? Or you're not happy with the redundancy? The redundancy. Like, gotcha. I feel as if, like, you could pick both of them if you were really good at doing that kind of scheme. And it just feels like you're going to score both of them very easily. Yeah, but the second point's different on those, so I get what you're saying. Um, and also, catch and release is limited. You have to pick a minion, whereas the secret meetup is just non-master. So I get they're similar, but they, especially the second point's a lot. Second point for catch and release is just, I'm going to run the hell away. And then secret meetup is just putting schemes down. Right. Yep, yep, yep. Again, Which I feel like you can counter secret meetup second point sometimes better than you can catch and release. True. Like like Terra catch and release is pretty much auto points. Yeah, unfortunately true. So I am not happy camper. Yeah, whereas secret meetup, yeah, you might 
get that first point, but then it's like, okay, now I just have to kind of keep my eyes out for these schemes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sad right now. Why do you have to do this to me? I was having I know, fun. Tara's a, Tara's a hoe. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Tara is a hoe. <laughs> so true. So true. What about you, Chris? Is there any of them where you're like, oh, I'm not really big on this one? Yeah. Seeker meetup and catch and release. I was never a fan of catch and release. It's too. I think I took catch and release maybe once the entire GG2. It's just, it's not a fun scheme. And I like, I like to have fun in the, in the, in the game. Yeah. You know, I, I do like catch and release with certain models, like a Cillarid. I love catching to something with a Cillarid and then just running the hell away. <laughs> like, see y'all next year. Oh, that's so funny. That's how Cody got me with catch and release when we played our Hoffman game. I got him with catch and release with the Hunter. Okay. And then he got it with the Cillarid. And turns out Cillarids are a little faster than Hunter. So he, he got the second point and I didn't. So, yeah, I, I don't mind it. Um, I, I do find it interesting. You did point that out, Dixon, and I do see that now. So I think as a person who would make a pool for tournaments, that's actually a good thing to point out because um, I think – as I design pools or <clears throat> get Dixon to design my pools, I would hope to not see those two in the same uh, game. <laughs> <laughs> got that, Dixon? I got that. I got that. I'm definitely not going to let that happen. <laughs> if, if, if people haven't noticed, I don't design usually the tournament pools. Usually I just ask Dixon to do it, and <laughs> Dixon loves doing it. So I do. I really do. I think you like hearing how the games play out, too. I absolutely do. Cause like it, That's it his helps favorite me. part. Yeah, because it helps me to figure out for the next time what was wrong, what needed to change, you know, trying to get better at it. I, I, I wasn't joking when I said like I, I went to college to be a game designer, so I always wanted to work for for any other game design companies, but you know how it is. I don't know any other guys up there, and I'm always way too far away from them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So looking at the strats and schemes, how do you guys feel about them? I, like I said, I'm in a pretty positive place with all these. Um like I said, there's just the one that I'm not super pumped about. But as far as uh, games with the objectives and the strats and schemes, I'm I'm pretty happy with this season. Me too. Me too. Surprisingly so. I wasn't expecting it to be this good. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this season. I am not excited about the first tournament that we're going to being Nova in this season. That's... <laughs> That's not going to be. That's not going to be very. I, I thought we were looking good. at maybe the one uh, in uh, whatever beach. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, I would love to go to it, but you seem kind of hesitant. So. I just I got to sign off with the chief. That's all I got to do. Sure. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, not true. Yeah. So something that we definitely have that's interesting is we do have a couple of questions that people had about this, and just to kind of get uh, opinions and everything going here. So this one is from uh, from the, my boy Nick Westbrook. So he thought it would be interesting to hear our thoughts on um, how GG3 is going to impact each of the factions and if it balanced them all out or made some more powerful no, than others. No, it did not balance them out. Good God, no. Outcast is in a phenomenal spot yet again. I don't think that it's as strong as before, but I agree with him. It is still at the top, just not as so far up the mountain. You know what I mean? I 
I think it. I think it kneecapped Guild a little bit. It kneecapped it Guild and kneecapped Arcanists to a certain point. I mean, don't get me wrong. Arcanists still have a huge presence in some of the strats and schemes, but yeah, yeah. But it, Outcasts, it just it just literally gave Outcasts a, another leg up. And and to the listener, this is complete theory craft from my side because I have like almost no information i have no data <laughs> that is true i mean we're we're literally just saying theory, like yeah. our thoughts right yeah. so i mean we could get halfway through the season and be like oh actually yeah somebody has done something crafty um <laughs> i'm definitely gonna be expecting something like that and i'm gonna be happy to talk about it in like six months yeah outcast and 10 thunders are just in a really good spot hell yeah now i think that there's still in, depending on the pools, but I've been hearing a lot of love for Lucius's crew, especially Lucius too. I think so. A lot of people are pretty, I think, high on the horse with him. Yeah. Um, I think Colette's still got a lot of playability. Um, hearing some people talk about like Mayfang. Uh, as far as I don't know where Bayou's going to kind of sit with all this. I mean, Bayou. I still think Zip actually. I think is probably going to be one of the better Bayou masters in this season and all the, and all the pools. <laughs> yeah. I think Maw is still really good. And actually I think brew brew two is still going to be really good. Um, in this as well. I mean, if you play Zoraida, she's still always good. Mulex is also going to be good. He's going to have really good tanky pieces. I mean, I'm a little sad. Cause like I'm, I'm making a, a, a list and Bayou is like second from last. Yeah. What's last. Funny. I still put in Explorers, but I'm like, it has a question mark right next to it. So Bayou might be the bottom, but like I put Explorers <laughs> still, question mark. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely see how it shakes out. Yeah. But I mean, I think Rezzers are still in a pretty good spot, especially with uh, Von Stuck and Jan Lowe. Yep. Um, I actually think Von Stuck likes a lot of these pools a lot. I got uh, Outcast, Ten Thunders, uh, Resurrectionist, Arcanist. Neverborn, uh, Guild, then uh, fucking Bayou and, <laughs> and Explorers in that order. <laughs> well, see, the good thing, though, is even though you can kind of see overall that might be the case, we'll see if it pans out. I still think that there's certain masters and especially titles that it's like, holy crap, there's some of these pools where this new this title is going to fit in really well. Like, I was talking with uh, Liam on the last episode, and man, I tell you what, if you get, if you like Bandit and if you're good with them, I could definitely see you winning a lot of these pools with uh, Dead Man Walking in it. Also true. So, a lot, a lot of different options for people as they kind of, as they kind of work through this. Uh, somebody, somebody corrected me. I was like, yeah, Dashiell and Hoffman are still going to be good. They're like, um, I think you uh, said Nelly wrong because Nelly's going to be really good. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Nelly's, yeah. Nelly's going to be good. Yeah. I, I hate Nelly though. She doesn't Nelly's exist in my mind. Good in her in her matchups. Like she's if you play Nelly, sure. if you play Nelly the correct way, then she's great. I don't know. I I feel as if like you have to be more tanky in this edition, not to fight, but to survive any reprisal when you go and score points. Because scoring points in this edition seem to be like, go out, score the points, and die. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but that's what I noticed. Yeah, there's a couple other ones. So this is 10 Thunders, and I was just right. kind of curious what you guys think about this. So 
Yeah, there was a Loki Bree in the uh, Discord said for Ten Thunders thinks Yuko will be able to deny pretty well. Yes. Yan, or Shenlong, the teacher, will excel in this. Yep. Um, Yan Lo is going to do Yan Lo things. And then uh, apparently McCabe too. People are pretty excited to see how McCabe too is going to kind of lock things down and, and just kind of do what he does. Because you got to think, McCabe hmm. 2 has all, I think, doesn't McCabe 2 put out a, like a lot of negative like conditions and stuff? So McCabe 2 has a giant aura of FU if you have an upgrade. Yeah. And but, the, but also think, yes. he can also bring, if you bring him in Explorers, you can also bring Botanists. Yes. Well, I mean, and then you can also bring Desper. Correct. And you can bring the stupid uh, Hucksters. That's why I put a, a question mark. Literally, you just said the reason why I put a question mark next to Explorers. is because I was like, well... And next kids. If, if I didn't think about next kids. But I was like, well, <laughs> if uh, McCabe 2 with uh, Botanist is better than McCabe 2 with... I don't know, say uh, a Kabuki Warrior. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's the game winning option. Because like Kabuki Warriors yeah. are disgusting in this edition. Yeah, I, for I forgot, about, forgot about Kabuki Warriors. Yeah. Surprisingly, they have uh, the other Horizon thingy, if I remember correctly. They have the ability to like move ski markers. Yeah, and a, they play some six. Yeah, there's quite a few abilities here, uh, schemes and stuff that require you know moving ski markers. So I don't know. I feel good about them. I will say that this GG3 did make me go like, cool, I'm not going to put any more into Guild and go back to Outcast. So right. that was something I noticed. And then two, looking at the pools, I'm like, I honestly, I could probably, the only master that I think I won't play just because I don't, I'm not jonesing with Jackdaw. And I think a lot of what the crew does, I can just do with other stuff that I like better. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, I think I can see myself playing the rest of the Masters and Outcasts. Like I, I like I like the faction a lot as a whole. Damn. You just post that in in the thing. Oh, you're trying to get some live thoughts here, Dixon. Of course. It, I mean, go. I wanted I wanted you guys to see it too. I was like, let me just write it out and I'll snip it and send it over. Because yeah, sure. It, I got it. I got. I have it sitting right in front of me. Yeah, it's one of those things. That I'm just like, yeah, no, this is gonna be interesting in six months when we finally see it hashed out. This is so, Dixon. You're the guy when you post a tier list like that. And just to recap: it's Outcast, Ten Thunder, Rezzers, Arcanist, Neverborn, Guild, Bayou, and Explorers. Right. So you literally just went into the Rage Quit Wire Discord, took the pin out of the hand grenade, and just chucked it in the Malifaux. I chat. don't give a damn. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what else is there? Like, it's it's awesome to be talking about this because the ideas start rolling, and then when we start playing, we start breaking this mold. I love yep. this. Yeah, yep, me too. I probably would have put Guild a little higher than sixth. But, That's fine. Yeah. You make yours. Make yours real quick. Because, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm 100% serious. Like, this is the reason why I posted it, because I want to see everybody's thoughts after you see them. The reason I put Arcanist 4 and Wrestlers 3, which is shocking even to me when I thought about it, Arcanist still has Colette. Yeah, and Colette is a yeah, monster. Colette's stu- yeah, she's stupid. She is a monster. Luckily, luckily we haven't had to see her a ton uh, where we go, but yeah, she's... Yeah, dumb. so I don't know if like that's going to stay there for long for me. Like I have it there tentatively because right now wrestlers, I think, have more tools to stop people from scoring while also scoring. Whereas Arcanist just have, I'm going to score, maybe I'll stop you from scoring. You know, yeah, right. So that's like the big difference. It's like she will get her points, but will she stop the opponent? I, I like your points? list, Dixon. I would probably just put Guild above Neverborn, really, um, personally, because you still have Perdita 
Uh, Perdita 2 is still there. You have Lucius 2, who's pretty good. If you're going to be a degenerate, you can play Nelly. So <laughs> there's there's still some things there. It's just the keywords. And Hoffman 2, I don't think, is going really anywhere. Hoffman yeah. 2 can still do so things. So the, the reason is this, though. I put them like that because they kill shit at range, but do they score at range? That's fair. You would have to play your range a little more aggressive, and depending on you as a player, I don't know if you can keep that alive. Correct. So, like, Neverborn does have the ability to score at range, and that's why I did it. It And that was one of the things I liked about the new strats is you can't really score on your half with the strategy, and I think that makes the game more interesting. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a great conversation. We'll come back to it if we see some people in the chat kind of respond to it. Um, let's see here. The next comment we had from a patron, uh, Dave Fogel. Uh, I want to see in Guard the Stash, can a single model contest two strat markers? Ooh. So looking at, I'm going to scroll back up to that. That's a good question. Because how, how is that worded? They might actually have to rule on that one. Yeah. So it says, at the end of the turn, a crew scores one VP if it is controlling more strategy markers, not completely on its own. A crew is controlling a strategy marker if it has more models without a summon upgrade within two end line of sight of the marker than the opposing player. So the markers are four inch to the right and to the left of the center point. Right. So how would one model be within two inches of both of those? 50 millimeter bases. Four inches to the right, four inches to the left. That's an eight inch gap. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and they're less than two. I was thinking about the other one. I was thinking about the outside of the center. I'm talking about farther to the right, the ones between the side and the center, in between. I thought there was enough space in there. But you're right. It might not be enough. Yeah. It well, right it, I mean, it's not It's not eight inches because it's the center. So it's a seven inches. Even, mm-hmm. a 50 mil, even a 50 mil can't contest can't be within two yeah, inches i don't think it. it can but even if it could i don't see why not i'm gonna try it out right now literally i'm opening up vassal so i can put the models up on the table and figure yeah, it out yeah, good. that's crazy think- yeah and dave was also saying more of a statement that he's very high on lucius 2 into covert due to all the movement tricks levy 2 into cursed because hey why not bring a bunch of ponies yep and then Zoraida into Carve the Path, and Titania into Guard as well. Also, also incredibly good. Like I, I love Titania. Period. In general, in this, uh, in this GG, both versions of Titania, they have something to do in this GG. So, does that mean you're gonna go back to your Neverborn baby? Oh, Dixon? it's already you done, doing? baby. Like it's. I <laughs> went back. Uh, you're just getting your Hamlin nonsense out of the way. He's, he's got to no, no. talk. Chris, he's Chris talk beat about, it out yeah. of me, and I have to talk about it. He on beat Sunday. it. He beat it out of me. Yeah. So I, I, I practiced for a, a month and a half to get at least proficient enough to be able to talk about him because I love. Sure. I still love playing Hamlin because it's fun, but. He is just so. There's so many little things that can. It's very limiting. <laughs> very yeah, no, limiting. No, not only very limiting, but like for example, Karai, I pass over three rats. Fuck, like <laughs> you know what it takes for me to stop that? I need three eleven. You don't. You just don't. Exactly. You just fail the first one, and there's a model. There's three models there. Oh, there's three rats. There's Chris is over here giggling. Am I wrong, Chris? Am I no, wrong? No, no, you're absolutely right. Chris's <laughs> eyes, when he sees all those rats, his eyes start to you know roll in the back of his head. Yeah, and that's like the big issue. Like Hamlin is—is is he powerful? Is he very offensively heavy? Absolutely. Is he going to fucking win? Eh, 
you have to work hard at it because random shit. There's just, just so many things in the game, yep. and I know this is random and kind of going off track a little oh, bit, okay. but he there's so many things that I found with him is you're putting so much effort into what he does, right? And then there's so many things that can just throw a wrench into it, man. So disheartening. Yeah, like a Kirio going in and just destroying your or, No, I like I was setting up my engine and then all of a sudden Chris, you know, takes Titania and dunks Hamlin and he's like, <laughs> Well you moved her up. I'm like, I'm five inches out of my deployment zone. <laughs> also true. Also true. You're a monster. <laughs> it's really good. But look, that's actually the type of play that we, we have to get used to if we're gonna be playing in tournaments. In casual play, but please but don't I'm not kill my models in tournament. <laughs> exactly, that was exactly right. That's exactly what uh, I. Just, that's exactly what I tell Pete whenever we're playing. Like I'm playing like the. We first, both have that problem. The first we time both have that. Pete goes. We'll play something. Just Chris does it too. Fascinates the one model, and I'm like Pete. I'm trying to learn how to play this fucking crew, man. Come on. <laughs> just, we both just dunk on each other when we're trying to learn it, and nothing. Oh. Gets, it's. A net zero. But anyways, so uh, I don't know if you saw that, Dixon. I don't think it is possible to score both zones, but... Yeah, I think you're right. I'm still looking uh, to see if there's any, like, map or something. But I'm pretty sure it's not going to matter. So the only way that it could be possible is if a terrain piece is in there. Because it does say in the rules... Um, if it's like an impassable piece of terrain, then you have to put it as close to. Which is weird, because like normally you would move the terrain out of the way. Yeah, it might be. In fact, it might be in the FAQs or something like that. But I mean, even then, I, it, you shouldn't ever have that. That's why. The, that's why they're as far apart yeah. as they are. Dixon's BFF uh, James Hahn uh, <laughs> gave us a good question. I actually like this one a lot. So. This is uh, with the, when the new GG hits. What's a good semi-strategic way to test your crews to figure out who you like where? This is more about preference, but is it better to spam your favorite crew ten games into all the strategies and rinse and repeat it, or keep testing different crews all the time? So basically, do you think it's better to just say I'm going to play ten games with Levy? Or is it good to say, I'm going to test Levy into Covert, or I'm going to test, you know, Barbaros into Guard? Like, which one do you guys think is better? I think you should always play one crew as many reps as you can get until you know that crew yep. extremely well, and Regardless then move on of. to the next crew. Correct. Now, there are going to be uh, strats where you just can't take a crew, like Karai into uh cursed objects because you're just going to be yeah but how would you know that until you play it though it's true right? it's true absolutely what i'm saying though is play stick with one crew 10 games and then move on to the next crew yeah i'm actually a big fan of especially when a new gg drops like this now obviously when i pick up a faction if i've been playing you know the strats and schemes for a while i have an idea of which crews will probably work where but in this case, like, for example, I'm looking at playing, um, I'm trying out the Dread Pirate, you know, Cap Captain Zip, you know, so I'm trying him out. I'm also trying out Parker 2, Dead Man Walking. Um, and basically what I'm doing is I'm just dropping those whenever I feel like getting reps with them. Mm. So out of those two, I'm pretty much just dropping them, dropping them, dropping them, and just seeing where they fit, what scenarios work best, what tricks you can figure out. And you'll just find when you play with the same crew a lot, 
you'll just find that. I mean, Chris, how many times have we played and been like, well, I can't drop this master into this matchup or, you know, well, this pool doesn't work at all for what I'm trying to do here. Yeah, a lot I mean, it happens absolutely. all the time. And I think that's a great way to learn. And then you can play somebody like, uh, you know, Von Stuck or Von Schill and just pretty much drop them into any pool you want almost. Yeah, it's, so, it's so dumb how good into any pool <laughs> they are. Well, I think you do want one master that you're comfortable enough and they're solid enough that you can drop them into almost any pool. Like, I, I don't know if you have that, Dixon, where you're like, yeah, I mean, I could just drop this because I know it's solid and I'm going to do okay with it. Pandora. Yeah. Yeah. Pandora, now that the that I feel more comfortable with the title, uh, I I guess I have to say, Angel, you were right. She's incredibly uh, mm. versatile. I can just drop her wherever the hell I want. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I feel I feel that way too, Dixon, with uh, a lot of times with a zip and, like I said, Von Schill. Yep. Those those two masters zip. Sometimes I got to be careful with the matchup, but as far as strats and schemes, a lot of times I feel like I can do pretty much anything with those two. Yeah, unfortunately, resers resers don't usually have one master that you could drop into everything. I think your closest one is probably Von, Von Stuck. Stuck. Yeah, it's probably yeah, Von Stuck too. He's flexible. Yeah, yeah, he's. Probably, but yeah, Karai, you can't drop into cursed objects, and then Seamus, you can't drop into anything where you have to move stuff. So you can't drop <laughs> can't drop them into the wheelbarrows. You can't drop them into. Um, well, that's probably the only one you can't really drop them into. That's it. And I think also. I would also say a different trick uh, that Chris and I do a lot is when we have an event coming up and if they release the pools, a lot of times we'll try playing crews into the pools that we think they best fit and we'll just get a bunch of games with those and just kind of hammer them out. So it's really, it's just reps, just figuring out what crew or which title can you you know, bring into these different pools and these different strats. If, if, and this is a big if, you have the opportunity to play, you know, all the factions, that's like the best quote-unquote way to do it. But what you guys are doing is very, very close because you guys are putting literally the best crews that you guys think into this specific match to go against each other. So you're going to be able to, like, optimize your plays. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot, and that's the main reason why, I've, like, I've been enjoying a lot playing against Chris. Because Chris, when he plays, he plays specific crews into specific matches that he's thinking about going into hard. Yeah, so it teaches me a lot too. Yeah, so I think there's different ways you can do it, but I definitely think reps, and I do think slamming the same master or same crew, not necessarily the same list, right? But throwing them into different. Uh, different pools just to see how you know they're going to react because you might find that man you know zip is really bad into covert ops whereas yeah. you know which I'm he's not, not. He is. he's not Nobody <laughs> but man i really like him into this other one so definitely something to think about well, nobody's falling for that pete <laughs> no no there's another there's another thing that he should be looking at even if he's great at the strategy he might have a matchup where he just can't win even at that strategy so that that I get if he's trying to avoid Chris, because it's true. Like I don't want to play. If I was playing Zip, I would not want to play Zip against Karai or uh, Yanlo for sure. Like fuck that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna kill. Uh, I'm gonna obey the first mate into killing your own. Um, what's his face? The little guy, uh, Herbert. Whatever Earl. his fuck. Arrow. There you go. Earl. 
Yeah, with your own focus and you know your critical strike and all that good shit. Because why not? <laughs> Do you guys think summoners will have a harder time in GG3, or are they still powerful? Maybe even have an advantage such as cursed objects. Yeah. So the advantage, like I was saying earlier, in cursed objects, is very limiting. Um, it's going to be hard to summon the model in and then slough off that uh, that token. Now, I'm not saying like models summoners like Seamus too, who summons in the back, aren't going to be a little easier to do that. But I mean, even then, those rotten bells they don't they don't like to take interact actions. They like to lure. Yeah, I think it does depend. I think so. So initially, I was thinking summoners would have a harder time but then i talked to some people who play summoners because obviously i don't play a ton of them um where if you bring tanky summons it's not really that big of a deal if you bring insignificant summons it's not that big of a deal Uh, because you can't score off Uh, it's right there big one the shit out of that last one it's like oh insignificant summons let's fucking go yeah right (laughs) well because that's what i was talking with liam about i was like oh so you know these rats are kind of a problem in some of these pools. He's like, well, they're insignificant, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> well, the problem is they do matter, but <laughs> some of the damn rat king. I've been thinking about the uh, what Chris said for a while now after they dropped it, because I looked at the summon models rule in the GG, and it didn't change. So what I'm figuring out is summon masters are probably going to go a tier higher than normal. You know how like they drop heavily on the last GG because now they couldn't interact with the strategy markers. New strategies. Tell me which one asks you to interact with their strategy markers. There's like one. If I remember yeah. correctly, it's carve a path. Well, guard the done. stash. Guard the stash. They don't count either. Why? Because it says without summon upgrades. Oh yeah. shit! You're talking it about the specifically okay. says without summon upgrades. So basically, so basically, it leads it to cover operations and curse objects. And curse objects are bad, so I guess they're good at cover ops. Hmm. That's not bad. Uh, so yeah, I'm not. I'm not even going to agree with that statement because Karai can Karai can be dropped into anything except cursed objects and still. I said cover ops. I'm just saying. I said cover ops. Also, you did. You do have a shitload of models that you can summon to stop people from guarding the stash. And Absolutely. then you have your own support models that just stay on your side because for some ungodly reason, a drown is only six points. Well, I was <laughs> saying, so guard the stash, I, so you can't score with them. So them being in the zone isn't going to stop your opponent. And it's not going to help you. Mm. But in guard the stash, you can use them to, and Chris does this a lot, where he'll use his you know summons to bottleneck you. Right or lock you down to an area or make it inefficient for you to get out of that area. Right. So I, I think they are effective in that. But if you're looking to score points like actively with them in that strat, you're not going to. You're talking about in cover ops? No, this one I'm talking about guard the stash. Okay, so in guard the stash, you summon on turn one. All the ones that you just summon on turn one are good to go on turn two. No, because they're summoned. So right. it says without summon upgrades. Uh, crew is controlling Australia. I have asked more models without some. Oh, it still counts. That's what I'm saying that. summon. Yeah, tokens. Because if you don't have an upgrade, you still get a token, which counts for that. I saw that as like you can't score your own if it has summon upgrades. But you're right. I can't even stop my opponent. Oh damn. Yeah. So you can bottleneck and like cause problems with your summons. Okay. 
but they're not actively helping or stopping. So this is the reason why I was thinking about it, because like I know that there's going to be like some finicky rule interaction. I still think that cover ops hasn't had any weaknesses to it, but I understand what you're saying. Because like in cover ops, you don't particularly care if they're summoned, right? Or, or did I miss something on that one too? It's like uh... during the start phase of every turn after the first, each player secretly chooses up to three models with the crew. Yeah, because like claim tokens, you don't you don't interact with the strategy marker to get it. You just straight up get close. I up. would have to read how they errated or fact summon models because I can't remember if they well, say on there that they oh, can't I have score. It. I have it right here. I'll just snip it it's to you. After, like... It's after deployment, every model gains a, a claim token mm-hmm. with covert operations. So if you summon a model in, he's not going to have a claim token on him. I thought that you only get to pick them at the beginning of the turn. Okay, so that might be the thing that I no, missed. No, it's just it's after deployment. Every model gains a claim token. So only the models you start the game with have a claim token on them. Track. Yeah, so summon models don't ever get those claim tokens. Yeah. Okay, so basically it's going to be the same as last year then. You guys answered yeah. pretty much every question that I had. Cause apparently I didn't see them when I was looking through them. Yeah, summons are just going to be there. They're going to be pretty much ignored for strategies and schemes they're there to block your opponent from scoring except cursed objects and cursed objects they're actively working against you or for you depending on if you can if you have time to interact so summon stuff i mean it's i think it'll be okay right i just don't think it's going to be overpowered or be i don't know i wouldn't say it's brought down more it's just no it's in the same place as it was last year then because you still saw summon masters. They just weren't taking over everything. I mean, getting free models is never a bad thing. Never yeah. a bad thing. Absolutely not. Um, especially getting free models that aren't worthless. I mean, it's just... <laughs> That's yeah. a true yeah, statement. I, I, and just, I like yeah. how a lot of the titles have, like, accidental summons. Mm. Um, Seamus is different because, you know, you can just summon Rotten Bells. But, like, yep. I, I like... Uh, like Dashel, where you just like, oops, here's you know this random guard to you know cover me and you know take the hit and stuff. No, that's so, not random. You always go for that. But what I'm saying is, it it's not something that you have to put a crap ton of resources into. Hmm. It's just, and it's not an overpowered model, uh, so it's getting. Uh, it's <laughs> I don't know worth, about that last part. It's well <laughs> worth its point cost. It, in I fact, would say that. Yeah. If anything, if anything, it would be over or undervalued. Okay, well, the disease containment unit unit getting an extra guard dog or a rat is not a big deal. That is, I will agree with that statement. Yeah. So, so yes, I can see summoners still being good, um, even in some of the ones where maybe their summons can't do necessarily actively scoring the strat, but they'll still have playability. It's they're not going anywhere. True. Um, would you guys say that killing will be more or less important in GG three? I think killing is going to be extremely important. Killing but I'm a bloody guy. It's absolutely going to be extremely important. I think it's uh, less important. Because I think it's you're going to kill because you need to, but denial is significantly more important than killing. And I know killing is a form of denial, but like Chris has proven to me over and over again that just like having a enslaved spirit engage in base-to-base contact with one of my models is like, all right, this is cancer. I can't do anything about this, and I can't score now. Yeah, you're trying to use focus. So I would agree with you a little bit, Dixon, mm-hmm. but I'll push back a little bit because I think literally 
all of these strategies mm -hmm. are forcing engagement in the middle of the board. Right. And when you have forced engagement, I think models, whether it's intentional or not, are just going to die. Let's mm. um, let's retract that middle of the board and insert on the center line. Because, yes. Yeah. Because it's not really in the middle of the board. It's it it's doesn't necessarily really... have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think the center line is still going to create more engagement. Absolutely. Like, mm. Okay. All all of these strats are all encouraging center line engagement. I think those models that you saw sitting back in your own deployment zone, I think those models are not going to be as good in this gaining rounds. Also true. Which is why I mentioned earlier that I said you need models that are going to be able to score points by either doing things at range, you know, scoring points at range, and then survive. Mm -hmm. And yeah. 10 Thunders has a lot of stealth or good stealth models, and it also has that upgrade that makes models even harder to kill. You have, like, the, all the factions that I put on the top, they have ways to survive engagement at range. Terra mm -hmm. has, still has the hole in the chest and teleport shenanigans. I see a lot of crews that have things like, I since there's going to be so much engagement, I think... Right. I think models that you can get extra actions and activations out of, mm -hmm. not extra activation, but extra actions out of. So things like coordinated attack, things where you maybe you put up a hazardous aura, things where there's just so much thing, so many things that I think if you can get extra actions out of one right. action, that's just going to be more. I mean, it's already powerful. Yep. But like I said, coordinated attack, you're going to have stuff in there on, not on, what's the other version of Onslaught where you have to attack another model? It's um, another one. It's like offhand it's, or something. Something like another one or switch targets or something like that. Yeah. Um, that's something else. Uh, you have a lot of those models that push through. So like, oh man, what's that one ability where it's like charge through? Mobile combat? Yeah, that might be a mobile warrior or whatever it is. But anyways, there's a lot of abilities where... If you can move through models and cause effects, I think shockwaves might also be better in this edition. Oh, Blade Rush. This... You think about Blade Rush. Yeah, Blade Rush is what I was thinking well, about. Well, those but... are all combat related. I'm more uh, scared of things that say target and uh, target friendly model within like six inches or across the table can now drop a ski marker or interact while engaged. I'm super worried about that. Yeah, so like a Shenlong-esque effect. Shenlong, the Oni, uh, fucking... Parker Barrows, Captain Zip. Captain Zip. There's a whole bunch of models that I was like, oh my god, these guys have just gonna like made life hard. So I also think not just that Dixon, yeah, but there's a lot of just denial abilities. We're talking about things like boring conversation, yep. um, Seamus Two with Alone in the Dark. That one's a super just super brutal. It's, you know, it's very trigger. disgusting. Yes, it is. Like when you're when you're caught in there and you have all these nasty rotting prostitutes luring you in yep. and Seamus is bashing you with a bouquet of flowers yep. and you can't do anything because everything's at a negative if you do anything Dude, like you, and auras are shut off. You get pulled, everybody gets some ability because you just moved outside of your activation so all of the Seamus stuff just gets bonuses for you being in their melee range outside of your yeah. activation. It's insane. Like, oh, I'm fast. Oh, I stab you. Oh, I get pluses. I get a focus. I'm like, oh, you're distracted. Take a damage. You're yeah, Take a but damage. He, does like, have, he, he does have a lot of issues with concealment and stuff like that. So there are yeah, ways that's like, to get around him. That's like every model in the game pretty much yeah. that doesn't have ignore concealment auras. I, you saw me with Hamlin. I absolutely hated concealment with Hamlin 2. Hamlin 1 doesn't give a shit, but like Hamlin 2, 
complete hatred. It's like, yeah. Jesus Christ, I can't do shit. <laughs> yeah, what do you think about, so kind of we were talking about. Yeah, what's up? I, so killing, yes, you can still kill a lot, and I think you'll have more opportunities. Right. But you can still interact and get your points and deny and do that stuff without killing. It's not going to be more important, but I think it'll be more available. Right. But going back to a type of master, mm -hmm. what do you do? What do you think about some of these obey masters? Do you guys think they'll be doing still pretty strong in uh, GG three? I don't see a reason why not. Yeah, I'd say even more stronger because it's like Dixon said in the very beginning of this out of activation actions so yep that's obey huge. a model to interact and push that you know yep. move them out of the zone yep i mean anybody that has uh what's the word about pissing all over the place to remove all ski markers and getting focus out of it it's like um because i know bayou has it bayou has it yeah it's something mark it's a mark territory mark your territory yeah, yeah mark territory that ability is super gross for abilities like leave your mark sabotage uh fucking uh, set the trap, you know, stuff like that. And honestly, that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about, about models that are, like, fast and evasive uh, that can actually get there and score the points. The big issue that I have with Bayou, which is why they're so to the bottom, is they may drop the scheme markers, but they won't survive. And their approach is always risky, even if it's outside of activation movement. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only thing that I because, like, you could in GG two you could do suicidal stuff and Bayou would just get there, but in this one it seems like you want to survive at least past turn two. Or you kind of have to survive past turn three if you want to yeah. well, score points. Absolutely. I think cursed object. I think cursed objects. Uh, Bayou will be okay into because you can't just kill their crew all really fast. Correct, and they don't have to pass the midpoint. Guard the stash is going to be I think terrible for Bayou. Yes, hundred percent. I think that's probably their worst strap. Yeah. Carpet Path. I think maybe maybe Brew 2 can try to bash that out, but it's tough. I think Carpet Path and Guard the Stash are going to be the, the straight-up worst things that Bayou can do. Which is funny, because I'm curious. I kind of want to see a Brew 2 and a Seamus 2 matchup. <laughs> well, I mean, you just shut off, you know. Everything. His thing. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Well, yeah. no, I mean, even that, but the those fermented monks get that uh one inch move whenever something happens but right. i would get an attack off of them but they would do a damage so it's like how long can you withhold yeah i don't know how i mean i don't have to worry about that matchup so <laughs> Sherrod, you are jesus christ that's so sad to think about i really love bayou and, me too and man. i was thinking about going back to bayou instead of neverborn so until i until i saw guard the stash i was tempted to go back to bayou right, right. Um, because I actually think Cursed Objects is okay, and I think Covert Ops is okay. Sure. But like you were saying, Carve, they probably could do okay, but the problem is I think they die late game, and then they just push your stuff back. Yeah. Um, and Guard the Stash, I. it's tough, because Guard the Stash, I think Zip could probably do. <sighs> I, honestly, if I was going to play Bayou, it's kind of like the Zip and Maw show yeah. and Zoraida, if you really like Zoraida. 100% Zoraida. Uh, Ma and Zip have different uh, jobs and depends on the yeah. matchup, but I love Ma and like all of these. Every single one of them, I'm happy with her. That's what I'm saying. And and Brew 2 even. you can, So it's not that you can't play Bayou. It's just that I think they really like guard the stash. I can't think of... Like I said, Zip can, but Zip's still squishy, and 
Zip usually only has like seven or eight models, so it's kind of hard to, you know, fight in those areas and get the other areas. Mm -hmm. uh, so that can be tough. Right. So, yeah, I just, I think that. It brings me to my, my question that I was going to ask you guys, though. So new gaining grounds, what I think Chris and I are both where we're going to be, at least for a while, with um, I'm doing outcasts, and Chris, you're sticking on resers, right? Yeah, I'm sticking with resers. Dixon, are you straight up Neverborn? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think at least until after the new models come out, and then I'm going to have to like, reassess because, I, I, like I said, I, I, I'm missing Bayou. Like, I was having a lot of fun playing Bayou. Bayou, I, I could still definitely, and I probably randomly will still bounce to them. Right. Um, because I'm still interested in Ulix 2 and some other things I want to try. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. But what I was going to ask off that is, okay, so which titles or masters are you interested in this new gaining ground? So in Bayou, oh, I mean, let's go with Neverborn because I'm playing Neverborn. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. so it's going to be uh, the, the, the usual suspects. Basically everybody but um, Marcus. And not because Marcus is back because he's not. He's fucking amazing. Uh, but I love I love Pandora. My favorite Titania. Titania is just amazing. So Ryder has a lot of great fucking matchups in this. And so do the Cyclops for some reason. The the giant savages are really, really good. And like guard the stash and curse objects. Because they have really good range attacks. Don't require line of sight. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm going with Seamus 2, Shtuk 2, and Karai 2. Oh god. Ooh, not doing Yon Low, huh? <laughs> I mean Yon Low's Yon Low's fun, but he's just I, I don't know. He's obey masters are lame. <laughs> obey masters. I mean, they're fun, but eh, it, he's all right. Well, I will say though that might actually be a benefit to you, Chris, because a lot of people will be expecting Yonlo two in a lot of these. I think. Yep. So if you surprise them with like Seamus two, and people are like, "Oh, I don't even know I necessarily what that does." I don't know what to do against him. Yes. Yanlo 2, I think a lot of people are like, okay, cool, I kind of have a plan for this. Fucking, uh, uh, remember, I don't know if you guys remember back when we were talking about Dark Horses, but yeah. Seamus 2 is a Dark Horse, because he is. He, if you have no idea what he does, he is going to mollywop you. Like, hard He's a nightmare. Yes. It's like, oh, shit. Wait, what does he do again? Well, did you deploy yeah. wrong? Because you're about to get destroyed now. <laughs> yeah, and with Outcast, obviously I'm still going to have Von Schill in the back pocket because I think he's just flexible. And But the cool thing with Von Schill mm. is a lot of these different pools, I'm actually looking at maybe trying some of the minions that I don't usually bring. So, like, maybe trying some of the free core men yep. a little bit. Yep. Um, I mean, Vanchil, just because how flexible they can be. I feel that Vanchil is the same as Ma in this regard. Because, like, I see Ma and I'm like, I can do anything. Like, I literally can do all of these missions very easily. So, when you talk about Vanchil, it makes it sound like the same thing. Yeah, but I'm also excited about Zip, uh, specifically the Dread Pirate Captain Zip. Oh, God, yeah. I think he has probably some playability into some of these pools. I just need to figure out which ones. Um, I'm very excited to try out Parker 2. That's kind of next on my playlist. So probably this weekend playing against uh, Nick and playing against Chris, I'm definitely going to try Parker 2 out. Yep. And then the last ones that I'm thinking about, I, I'm going to probably play a lot other ones, but the Vicks are another one where I think the Victorias and the Mercs, I think, have some playability in, in a lot of these pools. Yeah. 
And that I think the hardest Ronin Ronin seem like they do super well oh, the, in a lot of these things. They're gonna be insanely good because they have four actions basically if yeah. they're in combat and three actions if they're not. But what I was gonna say is Captain Zip, the captain of the infamy ability, depending on how well you get that ability. Are you talking about the Dread Pirate title? Yeah, the Dread Pirate title has a Captain of the Infamy ability, the once per activation thing. If he damages somebody, they you get to discard card and take an interact action at range. So something I didn't set up, but I definitely can see myself doing that as I get more games. Right. Uh, fire the cannons mm-hmm. is a good ability, and you can do damage with it. And you can flex the damage by increase or sorry decreasing the um, shockwave range. Yep. And if you damage somebody with that, you can do that front guard ability to then interact. That's so, exactly right. Um, I just wasn't setting it up because I was kind of like, okay, I can try that next game. Mm-hmm. Um, I was worried about other abilities. Yeah. but Depending on how um, well I, you learn how to com- combo that thing, that is going to be a huge so place. I think, I think Dread Pirate's... The Dread Pirate Zip, I think his turns a lot of the time look like, okay, do your bonus action, draw three cards. Yep. Okay, fire the cannons. You did damage, go ahead and interact. You put out distracted because you want the trigger. Good God. And then go ahead and full speed ahead twice. And that's probably his turn most of the time. That is such a gross thing to hear, but it's true. And then, and then if you have something squishy nearby, his sword can kill stuff. Or if you think Zip is going to all of a sudden be targeted, the Dread Pirate can do the Captain's Challenge. So now everybody's at a negative if they challenge, or if they attack him besides the model he's dueling with. Yep. So there are ways to make it hard to kind of interact with him throughout the turn. But I think he's mostly a setup and draw card master with some... Now, I think in this season, the ability to interact with models that have line of sight to him after he does damage is definitely better in this season than last. So one of the cool things that I noticed when I was playing him, because I played him, I want to say at least a dozen games. And it was funny when you wombo combo with him with captain's challenge and and concealing, because you just go into concealing part against a model that already activated. So he can't move or, you know, the the crew that they are playing against can't move him easily. And it's hilarious because, He's a, a double name. Yeah, he's super destructive against everybody else, and now they can't really attack him with a straight. Because you would have to have focus and stones to be able to get him out of straight. That's how dumb he is. <laughs> yeah, I think, like I said, I, I have to get more games with him to figure out yeah. where where the uh, you know juice is worth the squeeze, and we'll see where that is. Absolutely. Because obviously Zip 1 is just super good. Even in this new, I mean, still... Throwing models around, you know, three inches and dropping pianos, all that stuff's still super good. Oh, yeah. I'm excited because it's all new and just, you know, like awesome. Yeah, it's just going to be funny because anytime, and that's why I wanted to wait till we had almost a game with every strategy because I wanted to see it on the board and kind of interact with it before we talk about it. Yeah. Um, because I think the more games you get into the season, the more you start to feel out each faction, people discover different things. Uh, we find out tips and tricks to score and deny points. So it's going to be interesting to see how this season develops. It's 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 going to be fun. It's different. I like it. I can't wait until you actually start saying things like, oh, my God, I just had this game where, like, I just destroyed my opponent. That's going to happen. 
Or I get destroyed. Yeah, Those happen. Like our last game, Dixon. Oh, did that happen? Did you destroy him? No. I think he's talking about you. Oh, Without dude, I got destroyed game, by Dixon. I got destroyed by Chris. Like I want to say, like we played probably ten games and he won eight. <laughs> yeah, because I was playing nothing but Hamlin against Yanlo, Hirai, Seamus, Stuck, like literally everything. He just threw everything and the fucking sink. <laughs> stop it, stop yeah. it, he's already dead. Yeah, but in the in the strategy that I did really, really good and I and the, the I won the two games was in Curse Objects. Because the rats are just like insanely good. That's why I'm excited to play Parker 2 because you just kind of accidentally puke out rats sometimes. Yes, sir. So I'm kind of excited to try that. Hell yeah. I'm definitely excited for these events. Uh, Good luck to people that go to Gen Con. Got new boxes coming out and really excited to kind of see where the season goes. So I think until next time, go ahead and make sure that you guys are flipping cards, flipping tables, and we will see y'all 